The following is a presentation of the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Hi, and welcome to The Bike Goes On. This is Brian Casey with Sandra Bernstein, and we have a very special guest this week. Sandra, I'm going to let you introduce him. Thank you. We are so honored to have John Ash in the house today. Hi, John. Hi, Sandra. How are you? I'm great. I'm great. Better seeing you, for sure. (laughs) Well, I feel the same way about you. Thank you. Um, For those of you, which I can't imagine that there's anybody out there that hasn't heard of John Ash for many reasons, Um, he is a longtime chef and, and pretty much brought wine country food to wine country. I think you are definitely known for that. And, you know, people say, what is wine country food? And we can talk about that a little bit. I know you've been an educator, a cooking educator for many, many, many people. Um, Five books. Five books. Working on a sixth. Kind of. Kind of. Okay, we're going to get into that. I'll ask you that question. It's like, does (laughs) the world need another book? I don't think so. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. Um, and um, had a restaurant for many, many mm-hmm. years that um, you were luck- lucky enough to sell or do something with. And um, I got kicked out. You, you <laughs> did not. I don't even believe that. But anyway, we are so happy to have you here. And, um, you know, this is a little bit, you know, John's had his radio show for over 30 years at KSRO and Santa Rosa. I've been honored to be on that show. And so he is really the expert. And so Brian and I are going <laughs> to, we're going to learn some tricks today, maybe. Well, <laughs> probably not. <laughs> <laughs> so what are you, I, I, where should we go? Well, like can, backwards I think or maybe forwards? you know John more than I do. And, and, and gr- for me growing up here in Sonoma County, of course, I grew up hearing his name all the time, especially working in restaurants. But I, I'm sort of interested to start at the beginning of where you grew up and, and where your interest in food came from. Um, well, like a lot of, like a lot, I'm sure people that you know, I never intended to be <laughs> in the food business or to become a chef and all of that stuff. I actually started down a whole different path. I graduated as an undergraduate in fine arts as a painter. And... Uh, knew that I was never going to make it as a painter because I was the king of bad art. You know, <laughs> I, I love telling the story about uh, my mom. God, she's long gone now, but she had all of these god-awful paintings that I Aww. that I had in, in her house, and I would say, say to her, I'll tell, would you please take those down and burn them? <laughs> and then I compared it to my later food uh, profession, and, you know, bad art has a way of literally hanging around bad food pff, you right. forget about it it goes right. away you never over. you never think about it again <laughs> you know, so it's really good. Yeah. and also for me everything i discovered somewhere along the line it was kind of a thunderbolt that everything i ever wanted to do with paint on a canvas i could do with food on a plate true yeah. plus you got to eat yeah. it exactly <laughs> yeah. right. exactly yeah. What, did you start in the kitchen when that happened, or were you in the front and worked? No, I really started in the kitchen because I my long history. I grew up with my grandparents on a ranch in Colorado, and we were poor mountain people. You know, had to walk to school twenty miles uphill <laughs> both ways. We were so poor, all we could afford were lard sandwiches and. Uh, no, uh, <laughs> I girl. believed it for a minute there, <laughs> but it was that. Uh, because of and we we were poor mountain people 
But uh, one of the things I did, even as a little, little, little kid, was to help my grandmother cook, to, mm -hmm. to feed the hands. And during our shark growing season, because we were at about 8,000 feet, wow. uh, there, you know, can like crazy, you know, wow. to put away for the winter and stuff. And I was always just so, it was always so magical to watch my grandmother work because she was an intuitive cook. You know, she just did it, you know, mm -hmm. and it was like, it was, it really was magic. And, and I think that's that what did that pass on to you? Like, were you a natural when you realized you were going to do I, that? I don't know that I was a natural, but I knew that I really loved the process. Mm -hmm. You know, it was, it was really quite mm -hmm. extraordinary. So I think that's what, and obviously I went w a direction, but got back to it, right. which I owe to my grandma Maud. <laughs> It's nice to have those memories and then probably some, you know, heritage recipes that you think about and yeah, put together yeah. and yeah, part I did, of your repertoire. I did a book a, num a few years ago, which actually won the Julia Child Cookbook of the Year Award that was called From the Earth to the Table. And I must have had about 25 of my grandmother's variations on my grandmother's recipes in it. That's Because nice. they made such an impression on yeah. And I, I think uh, you must have similar stories. Don't oh, you? I mean, I parallel you only in that um, I, too, went to fine art school, graduated with a photography degree. Um, it wasn't that my photographs were bad. I just couldn't find anybody to buy them. <laughs> I didn't know how to make a living. <laughs> how to make money. Yeah. And it, instead of going in the kitchen, I ended up in the front um, serving at TGI Fridays. And, you know, that took its own path. But... I realized I didn't want to be in the kitchen. Mm -hmm. I wanted to be with all the people and the fun. And you certainly got in it at a time where celebrity chefs, there was not really, I mean, Julia Childs and Jacques Pepin to some degree and PBS, but it wasn't anything like it no, is now. No, it, it we, we were at that that time, and which I don't know whether you're old enough to remember. I, but I'm older <laughs> than you think. <laughs> um, but we were at that time in which cooking, as an art, as a skill, as a craft, as whatever, what almost went away. And it was yes. to the God love Julia and Jacques and uh, people like that who kept it alive and so said, no, it can be fun and it, could, it is something to share. But, you know, that was during the time in which uh, uh, big companies like Stouffer's and Campbell's and everybody were trying to free cooks, right, especially right. women cooks, <laughs> yeah. from the tyranny of the kitchen, <laughs> you know, that kind of stuff. Making by, it easy. By providing all right. that stuff you could just shove in the oven. Yeah, you know, but. yeah. Well, that provided jobs for another segment yeah. of people for a long time, yeah. and probably less now as things become more robotized. Uh, is that a word? Robotized? It's a good I, word. I yeah. like that word. I like <laughs> it. it. Works, I don't know right? if it's a real it's, word. It, it's yeah. a, it definitely says what it is. Right. <laughs> um, but you, you've actually spent some time with some of the big corporations, though. I did. In my path to becoming a chef, becoming a restaurateur, I worked for Del Monte Foods. Well, wow. That was how I got to San Francisco. Interesting. Uh, for six or seven years. And... It was one of those. It was it was a fascinating. I I really enjoyed it. I developed new food products for them, not from the kitchen side, but kind of from the marketing side. You know. Wait a minute. So g explain that to me. How does that? How does that? Well, we go out and try and find niches. You know, things that were um, not being serviced well, or that we could make some variations. I mean, some of them are so silly. To yeah, give us an example. Admit, of you know, like well, my first big product. Are you ready for yeah. this? Was Corn. we added basil to the stewed tomato, canned stewed oh. tomatoes, 
And people thought that was so exotic. And we <laughs> so take it for granted now, but basil at that time, this was a long time ago, uh, basil at that time was a completely exotic herb, unless you happened to be Italian or right. Mediterranean or something like that and grew up with right. that. It was not. So, it was never available fresh right. in the store. Right. And there, and there were like three herbs then, like basil, oregano, and mm. parsley. No, I think so. Yeah. 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 It, yeah. It was. It was crazy. So I did that, and and it and the most profitable <laughs> one of my uh, new product ventures was. It was fun was we're pudding cups do you remember those uh, i still <laughs> love pudding cups yeah i think they're still around my do daughter you? just got uh, braces and so i had to buy some pudding cups she needed something yeah. soft have you given her tapioca pudding cups no i uh, d- i don't really allow tapioca in the house i uh, sorry this is isn't one it of not gluten-free no it's not well you know what i don't think it is it's that when i was a kid when i would eat tapioca pudding my parents told me that the little bumps in there were snake eyeballs mm. that's and that terrible. they would squeeze the snake until their eyes popped that out and that's what was in tapioca nice. pudding yeah. Mama. so to this day not really a uh, fan of tapioca pudding i love pudding. tapioca pudding no give me chocolate it's or in vanilla it's my top okay. 5 <laughs> me too, oh. me too. R- now rice pudding you you've got me but I no like tapioca is something too. weird cozy, so are you are you shack. a boba drink person you know i had my <laughs> first boba in uh, tokyo Did i had never yeah. had one i couldn't understand it but i think and this is embarrassing cuz i do have a plastic straw here today uh. in my coffee which um, they just put in. I didn't even ask for it today. But I think Bobo was going to have a hard time because they had they didn't have big sustainable yeah. straws to get those Bobos through. <laughs> so there was a whole. It's interesting. I don't like it as much as I like the pudding. Yeah. 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 No, I'm I'm with you. Those yeah. big yes. those big eyeballs are they're yeah, too big. Right. <laughs> well, it's a texture thing, and I think uh, Asian culture and American yeah. culture are a little bit different in texture, and right. they'll do things that are a little more jiggly and slimy. And you and, don't uh, need oysters. Um, I do, but you know, you know what I'm saying. There's there's a, a lot of foods that you see yeah. um, from Japan, and you say, boy, I don't know if that would really go over <laughs> here in the United States. You know, there, there's one that that. There's a company here that actually makes it. I don't know who they sell it to. They must sell it to Japanese. Tapioca? No, natto. Do you know natto? No, I don't. Natto are the soybeans that are uh, that are fermented, and they the Japanese take them and stir them, and they re- to your point, they become very slimy and gooey oh, yeah. and all that stuff, and it's typically eaten with rice. Oh, I've seen it. And when you mix them up, it it almost looks like uh, melted mozzarella cheese. You've got yeah. little strands but, that are sort of happening. But more mucusy. <laughs> right. Right. Oh, oh. Oh, yeah, that's a word. See, now you're, to you're some not today. appetite. <laughs> so your reaction is exactly yeah. what I think yeah. most yeah. Americans okay. have that reaction yeah. to that. But mm. in, in Asian cultures, that's not the yeah. case. So, yeah. 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 Just a little, you know, they're raised differently. Right. If we were raised with that, I think we'd have the same attitude. Yeah, you just, your expectation of what it is. You don't know anything right. else mm-hmm. at the time. Right. But luckily, we're, we have the opportunity to see the world. Okay, so here's the question to you both. Okay. What's the most disgusting food that you eat that you love? Because everybody has those things that are revered in oh. one culture. And oh, I know what mine is. It's um, it's this special dip that we make for either Thanksgiving <laughs> or Christmas. Our and listeners already know about it's, that dip. It's, it's Velveeta cheese, cream cheese, and a jar of salsa that you just dump in a bowl oh. and put it in the microwave for five minutes and then eat with the Fritos scoops I almost yeah. bought, corn I chips. almost bought you a bag of those when I stopped at Broadway Market yeah. today. The, the worst thing possible on the planet for yeah. you, but... It, 
it, you will just sit down in front of that bowl and not leave until it's all gone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, you know, I don't know. Like, I could tell you foods that I just do not like and do not, won't eat. But I can't think of foods that, like, disgust me that I will eat. I mm. think I'm such a visual, um, you know, I don't know. I can see the mm -hmm. beauty in a lot of things. But tripe, I'm not a tripe person. However, I think it's like an interesting looking thing, but I couldn't eat that. Yeah. Well, well and you guys, you do salumi production. You do head right. cheese sometimes or a porchetta de tessie or I something. I don't usually eat the head parts when they do that. They uh -huh. get all excited. The chefs, I mean, yeah. always. They're like the first people in there to eat it. It doesn't. You don't I like don't, the little meat from all the nooks and crannies <laughs> yeah, in there? I don't really. <laughs> I don't really love that. And the things are kind of crunchy. Yeah. Right. No, especially, Maybe a little yeah. nose or ear. You're not yeah. quite no. sure what it was. I mean, I love all the other parts, but not those parts. And I do not like, actually, and John loves it, chicken feet. Oh, yeah, yeah. He loves it. When we go for dim sum or somewhere, I mean, he always, and I'm like, no, because they're really glutinous also. Yeah. And they look like feet. They look like feet. They really look <laughs> well, like Well, we have feet. squab on our tasting menu at the Fairmont, and we serve the, With feet, the feet right yeah. in, and It's and, fashionable and now. And it's funny to see who will actually venture into the feet. Right. Yeah. Well, so do you, get, you must get people who, who say to you, please take this back and remove the you feet. You know, they don't. It no? looks so beautiful the way yeah. it's presented. It, you're almost um, recreating the animal on the plate, yeah. you know, and you put yeah. those feet there, and it, and it looks really, and it's, you know, it's sort of got the talons, uh, yeah. the little claw. Well, uh, how about when people started asking for the heads to come off a fish? Like, yeah. send them back. Like, yeah. they would refuse to have a whole fish with the head on. I'm like, it looks worse with the head off. Yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. it's like you think about, like, someone chopped their head off. And, yeah, I don't well, know. Well, there's something about, you know, I don't want to get evangelical yes. here. But <laughs> there is something about honoring the whole exactly the whole being you know who's given up its uh, existence right. for you you know right. that and i i think well why not yeah. and why not admire yeah. it and thank it yeah exactly <laughs> yeah. exactly well that sort of takes us back i heard you doing a, a do talk at um, i think it was at campo vita oh yeah uh, yeah Gar oh, gary and uh, anna who are friends of uh, the girl i was there but i don't think i was there the year you spoke i love that conference oh yeah. and he talked about you know the the fetzer property and how it went uh, and how sort of biodynamic and yeah. organic sort of yeah. started um, um on that property uh, but one of my favorite things was you talking about julia and and how she encouraged people to chew with their mouths open oh yeah yeah it, that's a should i repeat that that's yeah, sure I, th I think it's a great it's, story it's, it's a wonderful story well i was lucky enough i i didn't do it a lot but i got to help her once in a while you know when she was kind of in the neighborhood do events be you know be there to uh, take That's out the garbage awesome. and <laughs> how did that happen though did uh, you have an agent no no i just ha i have i ran and got to know her you know kind you of casually over the years and so she'd call me up but anyway she was i'll never forget this we were doing something it was a dem demonstration that she was doing and in the middle of this, she stopped and for, it had nothing to do with the demonstration. <laughs> wagged her finger at the audience as only she can do it. And in that wonderful, high-pitched, kind of asthmatic voice, or I, I'm not Dan Aykroyd, <laughs> so I can't, I can't do it like he does it, but would said to the audience, wagging her finger, and remember, you must chew with your mouth open, despite <laughs> what your mothers and grandmothers told you and all of this. Stuff. And what she was... I think what triggered it, we had talked earlier about the ritual of wine tasting and all that stuff and how the nose, the nose is so is really exactly. the most important part of that. And 
and she equated that to also chewing. Right. And so what she was doing was giving everybody dispensation from this day forward to forget what your mothers and grandmothers <laughs> are and chew vigorously with your mouth right. open. And if you've ever <laughs> been to a Japanese noodle house, you know, they oh, yeah. it's like stuff flying <laughs> everywhere. Slurping <laughs> sounds. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yes. yes. That story, though, it made me want to be at Julia's um, house for Thanksgiving or Christmas and look yeah. around the table and, and seeing everyone chewing with their mouths yeah. open. I just had this great I visual. <laughs> I just had a visual of like stopping and like watching all her old reruns. You know, and uh, they're all on yeah, again yeah, <laughs> on PBS. So I, yeah, can't so I can't believe yeah. it. I can't. I can't believe it. Yeah, it's incredible. Oh, I grew up with uh, Jacques Pepin and uh, and Julia watching yeah. them uh, on TV. Yeah, I you know I never really thought about that. I'm sure that had a lot to do with me going into the just getting into that cooking was just watching don't, those yeah. shows don't you think? Yeah. and yeah. loved it. Yeah, yeah. That it, and it there was certainly I was of that generation too there was the whole generation and today it is so amazing uh how savvy kids are and, and sometimes i think they're being exploited a little bit but uh but it's okay the right. food <laughs> the food network and other things oh, who yeah. have these junior chefs man they're really good oh, and they know oh so much about goodness, food the i wonder on the chop junior and the, yeah, like the know. little mini junior top chef or whatever they blow me away. Yeah, they yeah. are really, really good. You remember yeah. when kids' favorite foods used to be pizza and chicken fingers, yeah, peanut <laughs> butter <laughs> jelly sandwiches? I mean, yeah. I just, yeah, that is. It's amazing how well people yeah. have come through. Yeah. Well, I wonder how yeah. much that's edited. I watch some of those shows, and I think, is it possible that they came up with that and executed that entire dish without any? I mean, are they not? You never see them with a cookbook or with mm -hmm. recipes. Right, They're just sort true. of coming up with it on the fly, creating these incredible dishes. I uh, think it natural, makes me feel inadequate. Yeah, I'm sorry. But, like, yeah. <laughs> but like, I think if you have a natural talent and you have good taste buds, I think you can do that. I mean, John, when he went from being, um, you know, a floor manager or a server or whatever he was doing at the early days of the Girl in the Fig, when he decided he wanted to be the chef. He's self-taught. He he just had a natural. He like could watch a cooking show and then replicate it. And I I don't know how to do any of that. I think it's a gift. It's a you, gift. You know, I it's don't. It's a true gift. You can. You, I mean, you can go to culinary school and you can learn a lot. But I think right. those those really invent like John is. Yeah, really just, inventive. You know, people. remember and can yeah. think about yeah. it and and understand chemistry. Yes. Yes. Isn't I mean yeah. chemistry like huge. Like what happens when you mix oil and vinegar or acid and, you know, and then you add heat to it and everything changes. Yeah. And that's a lot of details. Yes, it does. <laughs> too many. Yes, exactly. <laughs> too many. Yeah. Well, have you seen, um, what's the show uh, that Leslie Sorocco does? Um, and Check, Please. Check, Check Please. Check, Please. Yeah. They've been recently doing ones with kids and they're from 10 to 12 and it's fascinating that some kids love to go to the diner where they're getting the burger and the shake. And then there's some kids that they want to go to Pearl's. They want to, and they want to have oysters yeah. and they order foie gras. And oh, that's like, funny. I, so, but I think it's one of those things that these kids must have been going to those type of restaurants from the time they were three, four years old. They're not those kids that are at the restaurant that are 
have their um, head in the iPad for an hour and a yeah. half while the right. while the parents do a nine course tasting menu, which I which I see, <laughs> see. Uh, quite a bit of. But they must been a you know they must have been active in 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 ordering and and perusing the menu. Well, I think, and, don't and you think? I think it was in utero. <laughs> yeah. 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 Really, they, and yeah. there was a study yeah. that was done that suggested that those kids who came from mothers who were adventurous eaters during their gestation period uh, tended to be right. hipper, or tended certainly to, to adopt interesting food uh, patterns earlier mm. on. I have two grandsons who are five and seven. They won't eat anything. Aww, <laughs> they won't? <laughs> no. You know, and, and I've tried to be the doting grandfather. Um, well, today we're going to make chili. How about that? <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. But they like when you cook? Uh, yeah, they they like the process. They like goofing around, uh-huh. but, oh, nice. not, but they don't like to eat it. Yeah. So. <laughs> oh, you know, change. some of my best memories are from Glen Ellen when we had the open kitchen, and you know, and I think you can relate to this having a restaurant for so long. I mean, uh, cafe that location has been there for twenty one and a half years, and so there were people that were brought in as kids babies one-year-olds two-year-olds that eventually you know they grew up in the restaurant with their parents coming to eat whenever and my favorite times would be that there we had a handful of those kids that were always at the counter always watching what the cooks were doing always fascinated and they would almost be willing to taste anything. Mm. Well, you had an advantage when you, when you have a restaurant kitchen. I think kids love watching fire. Right. And at home, we don't really get to deglaze the pan with and, the brandy and, and shoot. Use knives. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. And, you know, you've got flame shooting four feet yeah. off the stove. So I'm sure they're just sort yeah, of entranced that, with that, that whole thing. But yeah. Yeah. I think with my daughter, she's 10. If if I hand her a tomato, she'll look at me like I'm crazy. But if if I grow a tomato and it's in the backyard, she'll go pick it off and just put it in her mouth. There's something. Wow. There's some sort of connection with something that's she knows when it was put in the ground and it sort of is hers. Mm-hmm. It's in her yard. She'll eat anything that comes out of the garden in the backyard. But if I just handed it to her at a, uh, from a store, she wouldn't touch it. That's pretty cool. She's yeah. probably pretty smart. Yeah, <laughs> to, she, is. To, to, she is. I mean, intuitively smart. smart. She, yeah, is, she is, is pretty smart. Well, yeah. she loves to cook, but she she's a big baker, which I am not. But and, and that has to do with the fact that she's making cookies. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, did you start working in as a teenager? You were sort of working in restaurants, no. or this is you're talking in your twenties. You know, I sort of came to cooking. Um, it it was really that that hot leap from Del Monte. Yeah, hard to believe you didn't retire from from the money you got paid to put basil in the uh, (laughs) can of tomato. Uh, (laughs) I forgot to bring you a can. I should (laughs) have. It's really fantastic. Um, uh, It it was that, and it it was sort of the thing, because Del Monte was and still is headquartered in San Francisco. Uh, So I lived in San Francisco, and it was during that time in San Francisco that really began to change, that food became much more. It wasn't, because this was the late 1960s. Mm. It's hard to believe that. But, you know, there were were good places, but all of the places, the fancy-schmancy places that for those uh, who are old enough to remember, like Ernie's and La Bregonia. The and Cliff House and was. And the Cliff House was going room. there, yeah, mm-hmm. who were doing that. But it was all, it tended to be French. And the other interesting thing about that time was the touchstone for great 
cooking in America typically was French. It was the yeah. mother right. tongue. And, and to a certain extent, it, it still is, at least in culinary school, but uh, it, it was in San Francisco then, too. And so I began to, uh, th- I first started by going to Ernie's with Jackie Robert and uh, just volunteering, like on weekends, you know, to be in the kitchen. And so wow. he treated me like a commie, mm. and a slave, <laughs> you know, and I got to peel potatoes or something. But I got to watch, you know, right. I got, yeah. to, got right. to see what was going on. Is that where um, Tony from Central Market, was he at Ernie's also? Was there a jazz club there, too? Totally different place. No, I think I, I think he's different because yeah, it went away. From that experience, I decided I, s- I had saved up all my money working at Del Money. I thought I'm going to go to France, <laughs> and <laughs> I'm going and never with an intention of doing it professionally. But but I did go and spent about a year and a half there. Um, why? Why? How do you do that? So number well, one, <laughs> can we even do that nowadays with, yeah. well, so you, a student visa or a work visa? You, you just on? go, yeah, there, you could get a, uh, actually I had a tourist visa that I overextended, but times right. were easier then, and you could, and you still can, it's uh, it's harder now, but you can still go and uh, work for nothing. <laughs> but who did you know? So you get off the plane and do you already have something lined up or you're just... I did. So where I went was to La Varenne, which was a cooking school in Paris, which is quite famous, mm-hmm. was quite famous, and Willen's school. And uh, it had both a professional program and a, pr- a program for dilettantes, which is probably what I was, um, <laughs> uh, to do things. And part of it, it was so much fun. And I decided, you know, this is a great way to get to know a culture to get to know the food, the language. To, the language. I was going to say, well, are you speaking French? Uh, trying to. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Not is very that well. W- is that what you <laughs> took in school, or did you take no, s- no, no, Spanish? So, so you learned it, yes, yeah, Spanish, for right, sure. Yeah. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, but no, I. But they're close enough, I guess, uh, th- to get you going. And then I, the luck had. And this is what I think changed my life. I was lucky enough to work, uh, go to work for a French family in the north part of Burgundy who had a little inn uh, and a hotel and worked for them, again, as a commie, as a slave in the kitchen. Uh. <laughs> but it was that thing that, I mean, it sounds silly now, but then it was like, it was it was so, just blew my mind. We never wrote a menu. Menu changed every day, but we never wrote the menu until we had gone to market early saw in the morning. Saw what was there. And saw what was there, picked out whatever we thought was great. And uh, then we'd come back and sit down and figure out, okay, what are we going to do with this? Right. And I said, this is it. This is what I want to do. That's amazing. Yeah. Well, That's as amazing. an artist, I'm sure that sort of appealed to you as well. You're yeah. You're getting these ingredients yeah. and then deciding, okay, what how are, are gonna we going to paint <laughs> this <laughs> picture? Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Right. Wow. And, and, so are you are you living in the like the back of the restaurant or something, or do you have a little uh, apartment that you're sharing? I with wish friends? I had an apartment. We were <laughs> you're sleeping in, in, in a, a barn. Room, I don't know. in a bunkhouse in a room with three other <laughs> uh, <laughs> three other people. Wow. Uh-huh. Kind of stuff, you that's know. what you would do if you were on a yeah, cruise ship. But you still, but that's still possible today. And I think what's for those who who are still young and adventurous, uh, I I've been lucky over the years to have spent a lot of time in Asia, especially Japan, it's still possible there, you know, to, to wow. do that, to go get that education. And a lot of young people do. They get out of here, <laughs> you know. I, I just had a glance. I, I, ha- I saved it. I haven't had a chance to read it. But it is talking about how the, not, uh, the new, what's the new generation? The gen, oh, gen, gen Y, gen X, y or Z. Z, Gen Z, Z maybe, how they're going to be, 
they're going to raise the amount of people that are going into the hospitality mm. and cooking. And that's a great, that was a great sign. It is. But uh-huh. so let me ask you, yes. just so people understand right. how difficult the restaurant business is. <laughs> and the fact that you've been so successful in it is a real testament to you. One of the real issues right now, and I, I say this because I, I, well, for whatever it's worth, I'm on the board of Hog Island Oyster Company, and we're oh. going to open a couple of new oyster bars. We can't find no. a person to work either in the back of the house or the front of the house. Uh, There's no uh, one. No. It's like... There's no one. I, so where are the new restaurants going to come from? I, I, I can't believe people are still opening restaurants. I mean, I, it, that amazes me yeah. because I don't know where they think they're going to get people. And it's it has been totally a struggle. Mm-hmm. I mean, we have about 230 to 20 employees right now. Wow, really? Yeah, well, a lot of them are part-time with the catering company. Do you know all their names? I do. I know every single, I know everything about them. (laughs) No, actually, I'm very grateful. HR, Jennifer, makes me a very handy chart that I update once a month. That's great. Look at their pictures. (laughs) Good good, good for you. I try. Um, But it's it's definitely a scary thing, and we are focused on training within um focused on trying to keep our staff as happy as possible um we are not going to be able to compete with everybody in money we lost a huge amount of people to a local company and i really won't say who but um who basically started poaching staff Uh, with and it wasn't a restaurant with the offer of huge amount of money and huge amount of overtime we lost a lot of our back of house people and mm. I, I think we were not the only ones. And it was a really, I get it. We're not going to be able to match everybody dollar no. to dollar. We just can't. So can I ask you, was it a cannabis company? No. Oh, okay. No, interestingly but, but, enough, but, 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 but yes. That, but that's a big... Cannabis yeah. and tech. I yeah. mean, yeah. you know, like even my nephew who came here and I let him do rounds in the restaurant, hoping that one day I would have somebody to pass it on to. Nope, didn't like it. Got a tech job, making twice as much money. Um, you know, they can work from home or they go on trips all the time. And it's, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's interesting, mm-hmm. but that article, I'm going to definitely read it because it does give a glimmer of hope. And I think we just have to keep on, you know, the schools and gardens and culinary yeah, yeah, and, yeah. you know, making well, it accessible. So, so I, it just came to my mind. I think the word you were searching for to describe this young generation, the millennials, huh? No, not the millennials. No, the, the one after that. Okay. Oh, right. there's one. I think right. it is Z. I and think d- it's because the millennials, the millennials, and and they're still a mystery. They're a total mystery. <laughs> I they, think. they don't drive. They don't. No. You know. But and they don't really have money. Like yeah. people think they have a yeah. lot of money. I don't think they really yeah. do. I don't think they can go out and buy a house and. Um, you know, I don't think they're the people coming in spending $80 for wine. Now, millennials that are techie millennials, I mean, that's a different story, but I don't think that's the majority. Mm-hmm. But do you think that we're sort of in a bubble here in, I mean, even California and New York, in that the cost of living is so high that to get people to work in the service industry is challenging because they're not going to make enough money to buy a house I mean, especially when you're talking about San Francisco. I lived in San Francisco for seven years, and it, it wasn't as bad as it is now. I'm, uh, but I think, what do they say? A third of your money should be going to rent, but we end up spending 
I mean, More in San Francisco, half. it's yeah. over half of, of your check is going to just your rent. Right. And you don't even have a car. I mean, you're taking the bus right. around. And um, that's expensive now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I just wonder if it's in different parts of the country, if maybe people are coming out of culinary school and maybe are able to find a position at uh, uh, someplace like Blackberry Farm or I don't know. I don't know. Someplace yeah. where it's, you know, the, the cost of living just isn't uh, as bad. I know that we have externs or interns that come from other countries. We have, I think, four of them from Thailand right now. And oh, that's they great. think this is the most incredible situation they've ever come across <laughs> in their lives. Do they lives. stay in a hotel room? Uh, no, they don't. They're all sharing um, an apartment, and they all ride bikes. They're, they oh. save their money, uh, probably all getting sent home. Um, but but I think, you know, you and I have talked about the challenge of staffing in, in the last five years, and, and we're in the same boat at the hotel. Um, it takes a really long time to, to find someone. Right. And the last thing you want to do is find someone that, that quits two weeks later. You invest right. all that and money training in training and, 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 and feeding them and, and training about the wine list, and, mm-hmm. then, and then they're gone. So Sandra actually started a, a cool little thing. I don't know if you're still doing it, where we would stage everyone. Normally, yeah, that's something do, you would just do. do with cooks. But then we started doing it with yeah. servers and bartenders and yeah. busters and saying, I want you to really buy yeah. into what we're doing. Some and people, not everybody, we don't actually managers no. for sure right chefs for sure right bartenders definitely yeah i thought it just made sense for everyone yeah. because they really get a, a full view of what their day-to-day life is going to be like and that way there's no discussion later of right. oh i didn't know yeah um no. what it was going to be like so right. so do you so one of the things that i've been hearing from not not just from the hospitality industry which we're involved in but just everywhere that we're entering a time in which the old values, you know, the values of working hard and earning money and all of that stuff that's coming back. No, they're going away. Yeah. You know, that uh, yeah. travel yeah. is very important. Yeah. Um, not being tied down yeah. um, right. to anything, really want to be untethered um, and, and have the freedom to do what you want when you want to do it. Um, my wife is, is a vice president of a tech company and she with the younger um, people, it's it's a bit challenging mm-hmm. <laughs> to keep well, them focused and directed. They're they're yeah. getting creative and trying to figure it out. I think the level of creativity that some of the tech companies have to keep people and to make it work is not really helping some of the other traditional businesses right. because then there's a perception that oh well you know, I don't need to come to work this week or, or why don't we have a 30 foot slide that I can slide slide into the cafeteria where I'm getting, where I can have fresh sushi every day. (laughs) Michael Uh, Mina is preparing (laughs) our lunch today. Yeah. Yeah, It's uh, I mean, so it doesn't really help, um, you know, and you know, Brian, like a regional, like other places, I think there are pockets of places that are becoming more popular. Obviously we've seen it in Portland. We've seen it in Seattle, um, you know, look at Gavin Kaysen opened in the middle of the country, his restaurant, and he came from Baloo and working in all those places in New York, but they're not charging the prices I don't think we're charging. Right. And so I sometimes think about when our menu prices have creeped up to $30 an entree, which <gasps> just offends me to know. <laughs> it, it bothers me so badly, but most of the people that work for us probably can't even afford that. You know, like I, I, I don't, I can afford it, but I don't, I don't like to do it that often. It, 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 it's, I'm just thinking as you were saying that I don't think I can afford it. I, or it's a question of, do I want to spend my money right. there? And, and for me, luckily, because I love to cook 
it's like, no, I'll take that money and cook right. at home and right. get and it for half the price. Further, yeah. your money goes yeah. further. But I mean, even in, interestingly, Christmas we do crabs. Um, you know, Dungeness crabs and. I said to John, I said, like, I want to, I'm going to have, you know, one of the kitchen, one of our purveyors, you know, order the crabs. And he's like, Sandra, you're going to get a better deal at the market mm. because at least they'll be cooked and clean and the mm. price isn't that much different. And that's like when you start seeing those prices between the markets and your wholesalers um, coming together, that's not a good sign. And I also relate to that, too, with the cottage industry. There's a lot of people that have opened up their own catering. They work out of their houses. They have some kind of food business at home. And those prices are going to raise because they don't have access to wholesale unless they go to Costco. Mm -hmm. And Costco, granted, has very good, much better, you know, quality than they used to have. But it's pricing. It's all over the Mm -hmm. place. But yeah, I mean, you're lucky. What What is your favorite thing to cook? Oh, <laughs> I know that's I, a hard I, question. It's, it's, but you know, you know the the smart guy answer is well, whatever is fresh <laughs> and seasonal and blah 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 and all of that stuff. You know, I th- I think uh, I, of all things, I, I think I'm a seafood person. Yeah, you know, that's the world that I. Uh, that yeah, I yeah. like to swim around right, in for right. a terrible <laughs> metaphor. But. And where where. Like in the world, where do you feel like you've got the best seafood? Well, I just came back from, or came back a couple of weeks ago from, uh, I was in uh, Portugal and uh, Spain. And so I'm just going to make this as a comment. It's a, you go to the markets, there, the daily markets, the yes. markets that people shop yes. at. It is, they aren't fancy schmancy um you know, over the top, only for the rich and famous right. and stuff. But just the markets that people shop, and and the fish mark, the fish portions of them. There are a hundred different fishes there, it absolutely fresh. Uh, the produce side, there's every produce n- known to man, and and little old ladies, everybody. <laughs> uh, you know, shops. Yeah, how does this it's, happen? It's how how do we not have that? So the the. The footnote to that is it drives me crazy that when I go to our farmers' markets, they have become for the aristocracy. Right. You know, it's like, right. why am I going to go there and spend $4 for a bunch of beets when I right. can go, you know, someplace else and exactly. get that for half that price? And, and so I think I, I think w- we think we're on the cusp of, of great ingredients and no. in food, but we're not. We're not. We're behind. In can some I say one other thing about that? Yes. Okay, so this will be very controversial. You can cut this out. We like that. To. No, no, no. Oh, we okay. like that. What do <laughs> well, we say? What's our other tagline? Maybe controversial, but, but always, always delicious. delicious. <laughs> oh, that's good. Hashtag delicious. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. That's good. <laughs> it, it, it is that when I hear such homage, and I, I don't have anything against her uh, personally or any of that stuff but i've been around especially in recent years to see alice waters accept congratulations and wait for the applause and do all of that stuff uh and take credit for something that's been going on in other parts of the world for hundreds of years yes like she discovered it she i mean she did a lot without question but but it's she won't be on the show probably (laughs) now (laughs) this is not called the bike goes on this is no i'm I'm teasing But but you're right. I mean, there are things like when you think about originality and and how things start, 
Um, I don't think there's originality comes that easily. I mean, you really have to go back and we talk about ancestries and heritage and there are things, I mean, people, even when Steve Sando was on, he was like, beans, this is Mm -hmm. what people ate. Mm -hmm. This is what they knew. Well, and he said something similar that when he was going to the farmer's market, he thought that people would really be into the story of where he got the beans and the the people that were growing it. And he thought that'll justify the extra cost. And he said, no one really cared where they were from. (laughs) They were looking at the price and how pretty the beans were. And uh, they had to be heirloom, right? Heirloom, he said, was a key word. If they said heirloom, then they were. But he was he was so good that he carved out that before anybody else did. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, he made it and he made it very accessible. So, yeah, I think. Well, we have to continue doing our part, and I really do believe education and getting people excited young. Um, You know, high schoolers have to get a work permit to actually really work. And one of the things that I thought my foundation would do, which it's kind of taken a different turn, but restaurants can't really afford, especially now, to train people that have never had a job. And to take someone on and just be their uh, sponsor to learn how to cook and take away hours from someone that needs to support a family. Those are, and I'm definitely speaking for ourselves, but I know if I'm speaking for me, I'm speaking to a, a lot of other smaller restaurants as well. So it's a difficult thing. The kids are like, well, where am I going to get experience if nobody hire nobody hires me how do we do that and i think spending you know time with the schools and something i definitely you know want to get talking talking to kids and and people and knowing and you know finding out the culinary programs are they suited to uh jobs you know like are they learning things that they can make a job are they learning how to make cookies because they really need to know Mm -hmm. how to get a job or even running a restaurant. What is it? Running I mean, a restaurant. which is completely different, which is why you and John are such great partners that he has, you know, not only the culinary side, but the accounting side where he really is interested. In, and, and I think that's one of the most important things that people don't realize about right. running a restaurant. It sounds like fun and you've always got food and wine, but really most restaurants fail because they're not tightening the screws exactly. as much as you have That's to. That's true. To and even in fancy yes. schmancy restaurants, right. you think, oh, right. they must be making a fortune. They're not. Oh, my God. No. You, know, you know, for a while, the um, I think it was like 8%. If you made 8 to 10% profit, you were doing really well. I don't think we can say that mm-hmm. now. You know, mm-hmm. catering sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, but then that's where you're giving your deals, you know, right out of your profit. Can we talk about uh, volume and scale? Can we talk <laughs> about Wendell Berry? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. yeah. You want to uh, address that uh, um, phrase, volume and scale? Well, it, uh, Wendell Berry, for those who don't know, uh, he's still alive. I think he's 88 now or something, or 89. Uh, old Kentucky farmer, poet, novelist, you know, great writer. But he and Wes Jackson, who's another name that I encourage people to look up, who Wes started this thing in the Midwest, uh, it's the, the the return of the Midwest to the grasslands and mm-hmm. all of, anyway. Uh, he and uh, Wendell are great, great buddies. And uh, Wendell r- r- has written, I think, the most eloquently about agriculture and its place in society and 
the homage we should pay to it, homage we should pay to it, uh, and uh, all of that. And I had a chance to to meet him a couple of times and be on programs with him, and I was just blown away mm. by uh, his his grasp of kind of what's going on, and it's still going on out there, the industrialization of the food supply. Right. And, it, it, and to a certain extent, it's happening in the restaurant business, too. <laughs> There's a kind of industrialization. Uh, it has to be s large scale to be successful. It has to be uh, all of that stuff. And he was just, a, you know, uh, really the most eloquent speaker about that uh, that I can imagine. He wrote, uh, he wrote a piece that you can f you can find online called the pleasures of eating mm -hmm. and it's a, just an essay it's not e it's not a book so you can read it in about 10 minutes or something and mm -hmm. i absolutely uh suggest to anyone who might hear this is go read the pleasures of eating and it'll have your mind opened up about if it is isn't already about food and food and society and our duties and obligations to keep it alive and working. Right. We right. need to do that before our next episode. We're going to discuss it. What's that? Yeah, that's your homework. Oh yeah. To read this essay. The, the pleasure. Oh. The pleasure. Yes. The pleasure. Yes. Yes. I think I've, I might have heard you read portions of it. Oh. Yeah, I do. Oh. I oh, often oh, do nice. in classes that I do. Yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. To to because he he says it's so much better than I do. I wish <laughs> right. I wish I were as eloquent as he. And the other person that I'll mention in that context, which of course is very known to us here, but is unfortunately faded from the memory or even the knowledge of so many other people, is uh, MFK FK, Fisher, yeah. right. who also similarly had she had her own bent on it. But uh, we tend to forget that she was one of the very first to take on. Uh, big chemistry and agriculture and all of all of that long before anybody else was talking about it. Right. And all of it. There's a uh, there's a piece that's being hopefully it'll make it there uh, a film that's being done on her for Netflix oh, that fantastic. somebody is working on right now. So I hope it I hope it makes yeah. it there. But for those who don't know, uh, she was considered really the best writer in the English language on the subject of food, not recipes. Right. I, th she wasn't, right. I mean, she had recipes, but. But memoir. And, and yes, and it's um, place and yeah. consciousness yeah. and things like that. So, so don't, don't forget her. <laughs> no, and I, we've talked about her in the past, but we also, I think she brought the opportunity to write memoir, to write biography um, about food and really specific. I think she definitely brought that out to encourage more people to do that and because you're she's your neighbor <laughs> she was, was right your neighbor. Yeah, right yeah. yeah and uh you know kathleen hill who's been on um she spent a lot of days with her and so we she kind of goes and tells us stories mm -hmm. occasionally about yeah. that which yeah. is fun yeah yeah it's um boy things have certainly changed quite a bit we mentioned you have five books out and that maybe you're writing another book <laughs> yeah. Well, it and I was I wasn't being facetious when I said to you, does the world really need another book? Right. So in the and because we get lots of books for the radio show that I do and people who who would like to come on, uh we see a lot of books and I will say and I when I talk to publishers this is true that it's not so true in other parts of the book publishing world, but there are more 
culinary books being published today than have ever been published. It's before. amazing. And a lot of them are absolutely extraordinary, uh, both because they're giving us new information, right. uh, introducing us to new things, and just the production value of the books. They are so beautiful. Beautiful. So it's an exciting time to be Justin there. and uh, Tracy's book from Kendall yeah. Jackson, yeah. extraordinary. Yeah, yeah. Such a beautiful book. Yeah. Uh, John McReynolds is coming out with his second book. Is he? Oh, good. Yeah. um, I think a lot of fermentation, and I think that's, they're waiting for, I think, March maybe. Oh, that's that's exciting. That's exciting. Yeah, it is exciting. And so it's interesting because IACP, International Association of Culinary Professionals, they right now are looking for judges. And have you been a judge? Yes. I've been a judge, Yeah. yeah. Actually, I got a huge amount of my cookbook collection from being a judge year after year but if anybody's wondering that is hard work it It is at least it was for me because I really took it as an honor and I took it really seriously so much so that I don't need any more books that I'm not interested in I mean even though you know I want to support but it's hard and you know, both with both of our books, making sure your recipes work is huge. Yeah. And, you know, you judge people, you have to test some of those recipes, you know, and so but you've you, won a lot of awards. I have. I, I have. Yes, I, you have. And, and deservingly a, so. A couple, a couple of James Beard <laughs> yes, awards. And that. Which is phenomenal. Uh, the phenomenal. Julia Child Award. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah it's, I mean, that's yeah. huge. Those are well, like the is. Oscars and the uh, Emmys of our business. But I'll give you a quote from my grandma. Uh, you know, that and 50 cents will buy you a cup of coffee. Yeah, I hear you. <laughs> you always expect, it doesn't make oh, your... I want a James Beard Award. The books are going to fly <laughs> off You're the shelf. You're not getting a bigger advance, <laughs> no. are you? No. <laughs> yeah, um, you know, it's funny. So I was working on our third book, and I, the part where, and I knew what I wanted to do, and I would have self-published again, and John was like, I, I don't want to do it anymore. I just, I don't have the time to test recipes this is not a profitable, mm-hmm. you know, that, that would, I would put that high in the marks that it's not a profitable aspect no. of our business. Yeah. And especially, you know, when I, when we self publish and you buy a certain amount of books, I can tell you books don't go bad. They just get yeah. dated potentially. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's something, but I started writing a newspaper called Fig Chronicles. And um, so actually I'm in the midst of writing our six S issue right now fantastic brian's holding one up right now oh it's beautiful how how do people get a copy of this well they come to the restaurant or Uh the visitors bureau or there's a digital copy online at our website but they have to subscribe to right no they can just go on and no (laughs) come on they can just look i know there's no ads there's a very simple page even that tells about us i really want it to be a gift of information to our guests and, um, you know, the value add of what our experience can be. And I personally, I needed that creative bent, Mm -hmm. you know, for me to be um, motivated and excited and to learn. And and the issue I'm working on now is is all about bread, which is interesting. Mm and toast and bagels and donuts mm-hmm. and gluten and gluten-free and the bakers and beautiful, you know, yeah. contests yeah. and books. I mean, I've just been, and I actually, I shouldn't even say this, but I was looking at all the reviews for bread machines 
and I bought a bread machine. Did you? Ooh. I am not going to make bread, but I did buy it, a really expensive one. And I'm like, who could I give this to? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> who could make bread? Yeah. Do you make bread in a machine? No. 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 I, so like real chefs and real, you make it in the oven, right? You make it in the oven. Although the, the other thing, I was just going to ask you, we, the bread machine. So the hot appliance, you know this year the instapot the instapot you can make bread in an instapot oh, too did you do that no i don't have no. an instapot but did you do that <laughs> no do you have an instapot i don't know what that is it's it, an instapot it's meaning a, it's everything it's a you can it, put anything in it and make it it's a cook it it's a combination it's <laughs> that a combination sounds crazy oh it's, it's yeah, pretty someone's it's, making I mean, a lot it, of money it, it looks like a crock pot and it has it's exactly it has it's 14 different settings exactly. and one but it's also a loaf of bread it's also a pressure cooker and a rice cooker and a rice cooker it's wow. all of those things a yogurt maker yes now what cream. do these retail for oh, 999 or 150 like, i mean they're not like, expensive there's hmm. different ones yeah but, but you got to get one. You got to get one. Maybe you could drop that hint. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, I know. That's what I'm thinking. Oh, no. I like, never know what I want for my used, birthday or Christmas. Yeah. Uh, have uh, you ever used a bread machine? No. 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 Like, so, I'm wondering. So, you know, the the bread that I make is, uh, because I'm not a baker, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I have to cop to that. Uh, but when Jim Leahy came out with the No Need Bread Book, No mm. Need, K-N-E-A-D. Bread Book. Uh it's th- it was the most revolutionary thing I've ever seen. Just throw everything in a pot. It takes a l- it takes longer, not active on your part, but right. just to let it sit and let the yeast the, the, the rise the, and it, yeah, do all of that. Cause it makes the most delicious bread. Wow, it's fantastic. So, okay, I'm so gonna, that's a that's a I'm great Christmas script. I have nothing to do with the book, so. That <laughs> <laughs> well, Christmas is Christmas was passed, so I think I didn't get one of those under my oh, tree. Oh, you have yeah. to get it. It's it's. Yeah. It's revolutionary. Um, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> When's your birthday, Sandra? Actually, I know it's four twenty-one. Is that oh, right? I just gave my password up to like the whole world. Well, <laughs> you happen to have the same birthday as my wife. Do you remember oh, this? Good. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's true. Well, and Sandra, I wanted to say about your last cookbook. I don't know how you can top that last cookbook. I, uh, I don't call it a cookbook. I call it a foot. A beautiful photography book that happens to have recipes. Yeah. So I think you have the most beautiful oh, photos. You. That you spent a lot of time on that, but it was well worth it. Thank you. So it's how much do you think you made per hour? About oh, uh, ten no, minutes. I think. <laughs> I, I think no, no. I there's no that way. Even why you if did I, it. exactly, I even <laughs> if I sold every one that we still have, I think I'd still be in debt. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I do. I do. Sorry, Though, I don't know why I'm laughing. <laughs> I know, but but actually, Simon and Schuster, I still get royalty checks now. That book was printed in '04. Got a, a pretty what I thought was a small advance that I had to use for the photographer for black and white photography, no less. And um, since Plot du Jour came out in 2011, we have sold so many more of the first book. And so, huh. you know, and the price, I, I lower the price, you know, so they're not that far apart. It's retro. But it's retro. <laughs> and people are like, yeah, it's so funny. So that's kind of fun when I get. Mm-hmm. So when I get the Simon Schuster check, I think that I'm getting paid for a plot du jour since. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But you have had um, very successful books, very beautiful books. And also uh, with the intent to teach in mm-hmm. some of them. Mm-hmm. So. It, it's a thread that runs through everything I do in the 
books. It, it's what you do too, but it is that it, it has to be more than recipes. I mean, pff, you right. can go to the internet and get tens of millions of recipes, but it is what's why are we doing this? It's the takeaways. You know, right. what am I learning from doing this that I might be able to apply? in other places and that's what I do in my cooking classes right. too. So say, well, here's the recipe, but it's just a guide, you know, mm-hmm. don't don't worry too much about it. Um hopefully you know make it better make it better yeah yeah Yeah, you can use the can of regular tomatoes or the one with the basil basil. (laughs) make it your own well i always tease with your comment about baking is a good way teach once in a while at the cia at the culinary institute of america at greystone if if you've never been up on the teaching floor Mm, it's like a football field long and on one end are the bakers, on the other end are the cooks, and in the center is kind of a no man's land, you know, that uh, you can relax in if you want to. And the funny thing is, and this is true, that uh, if you are, that in the culinary world, you tend to either be a cook or a baker. This is so you, true. You don't. And the personalities are so different. So they are. Different. Well, and I like to say, so I always ask people, raise your hand if you're a baker. And then I say to them, I know personal things about you. You fold your underwear before you put it away. You arrange oh all your shoes in your closet. Oh, I love uh, this. Uh, I don't do any of that. Well, you're a cook. Yeah, my housekeeper's <laughs> no. a baker. Yeah, <laughs> thank yeah. God. It's so it's so funny, and it is kind of true because with cooking, you know, you can keep throwing things at it until it tastes good, or right. hopefully right. it will taste good. But a baker, you can't decide. Oh, I think I'll throw in another half cup of baking powder in there and see right. what That's happens. That's what I was That's I was actually just thinking about this the other day because my wife is a baker and I'm a cook. And so I don't measure anything. And sometimes I'll make a dish and she'll say, oh, this is so great. And then two weeks later, she'll say, can you make that again? And I'll make it. It won't taste the same because, (laughs) well, we've got different things in the house. I mean, I was adding different things. But I thought about what the mentality was that was or what was so different in the process is that with bakers, everything has to be decided ahead of time. Mm -hmm. It's a one chance that you're getting once whatever it is that you're making, once that goes in the oven, there's no changing mm-hmm. it. When you're doing a soup or a sauce mm-hmm. that's on the stovetop, you can always add a little salt or you can add a little more chicken stock mm-hmm. or what, whatever you need to do. But baking, it's so much pressure for that. You know, everything's got to be in when you put it in the oven because you can't go back. That's yeah. why people buy a bread machine. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, put this in and close the lid. Exactly. I may have to try it just to understand. It, it'll probably uh, blow your yeah. mind. It, it might. Yeah. It really might. <laughs> But it's, um, you know, this topic of food and cooking and baking and teaching and eating and writing, and it just goes on Mm. and on and on. And I am so grateful to be in an industry with people that are so passionate about food. And it's all about food. Mm -hmm. I mean... You know, I say to the staff, you know, we're not doing heart surgery. Yeah. We're just here to make people happy. But you said something earlier, which I, I really agree with, and that is that you're always learning. There's always yes. that opportunity to learn something new. Yes. It's like you don't know it all ever. Never. Uh, you know, I mean, there are a few. Some people know few, it all. Few chefs that we right. <laughs> we won't mention their names, but uh, <laughs> who believe that they do. But but for the most part, that's it. And don't you yeah. find that food people are there? Oh, it's always curious. About curious. Both curious and they want to share and they yes, want to. Yes. Yes. You know. It's yeah, I do think. Um, you know, I, we get. I 
am open arms about our information and recipes and things like that. I definitely, I have a hard time when someone's not. I don't ask mm-hmm. a lot, but I just, it just comes natural to want to help and, and share. I don't believe two recipes exactly the same come out the same mm-hmm. way by, some, by two and different isn't people. isn't that fascinating? Yes. Because of the just personality the, of the show. Just the passion and the yeah. love and the touch and the good mood, bad mood. I, I think all of that comes into play. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. The wine industry, I think you have, what do you think? People that share and then people that don't. I guess it's the same. I think we're lucky in this area. I found that it's pretty open source that a a lot of the smaller winemakers um, and some of them work at larger wineries and then they do their own things on the side, but they tend to share a lot of information. There's there's very few times that I've heard of someone, well, Jeff Cohn every now and then right. will say, I can't tell you that, right. that's a secret, mm. but, right. <laughs> but he might tell you later. Right. Um, How about A7 when we went to that wine conference and no press was allowed um, because they wanted to really talk about like, things they don't want written about well i think that was at the time where we had that thing going on with the vines where they were getting some sort of disease and i don't know if it was oak leaf or uh, something this like is that the but stuff they didn't want us to talk about well i mean there's things well, that go on that that they think that if the normal public hears about there they might think so, oh just like with the romaine lettuce right now yes. you know even yeah. Yeah. even when romaine lettuce is going to be okay to eat again for the next year, you're still going to hear people say something about romaine lettuce. Right. Or when um, when we had the fire in, in Anderson Valley, I think it was 08, and you had people talking about smoke taint for right. three years mm-hmm. later and thought, oh, no, we can't order that. That's uh, That's got right. smoke taint. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. They, yeah. they just love saying that. Smoke the, yeah. People will sort of <laughs> right. latch on to, yeah. to something specific. Yeah. But um, So um, speaking of fires... Um, you got down and deep, I believe, in the fire relief. Uh, some. I probably. Some of I, it. I, I, yes, the fir- I did. The first fire. The first. Our, our, our yeah, Sonoma our, fires. Yeah. Um, uh, I, I did. I, in retrospect, I should have done. I could have done more. Not should have done. I but think could have done everybody more. did what they needed yeah, to do. Yeah. I don't think anybody should ever think they did too much or too little yeah. or anything. I think one good deed is is a lot but some people were i was just blown out by the commitment they made it was to, amazing to, to it was people. amazing and even even guy fieri of all people I you know, know. <laughs> he, i know he, he was, really he, stepped he up was, uh, he really was, shocking he was great. yeah I haven't seen any pictures of him actually cooking, though. No, he doesn't cook. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. But, you know, listen, if you know how to get it done, yeah. that's as important. Yeah. So yeah. I think that's okay. But, you know, I do think food, also food people come together and get it done. Mm-hmm. I really do. That I was the feeling that. I had during, you know, I had yeah. showed up a couple of days at yeah. Sweet Dean and no, what everything so you guys were doing. It was that we were all service we're all industry there. people. Mm-hmm. And so that's what we do is take right. care of people. And when Feed our customers, when our guests were gone, we took care of each other. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. yeah. And exactly. all the chefs sort of pulled everything out of their walk-ins and drove everything over yeah. and we just started making food and cuz that's what we that's what we knew. Yeah. Yeah. And what are you, John are you only teaching now at this point and and mentoring chefs? You're not have no interest uh, in working at a restaurant or putting your name uh, well we have your name yeah, on your a restaurant. Name, yeah. There, but I love that your name's it, always going to be there. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Even when I'm uh, underground, huh? Maybe. Well, um 
no, I do. You know what? I I lead the at this point of my life the the most wonderful life because I'm able to do a lot of things. I get invited to uh, lots of events. I just came back. Actually, it was on the same day that the fires started in mm. um, the campfire up in uh, um, Butte, up in um, Butte and, County. Yeah. Uh, I Ple- pleasure. I, I I'm sorry. Through, pleasure. But, if but I was driving up to Ashland yeah. that day and happened to see these things. Anyway, I oh, wow. don't mean to bring that up, but uh, the Ashland has a culinary festival each year that I go up and do things with, and then I uh, teach and do special events around the world. I came back from a just a couple of weeks, three weeks ago, a cruise. I was the guest chef I on love a cruise. It. Where did you uh, wow. go? Uh, started in Lisbon and went uh, around to Barcelona and then to Marseille and all of yeah, that stuff. Very and nice. Actually, that was, and you guys need to work on that too. That was through the auspices of KSRO. You know, wow. So they did oh, it, it, as, it a kind, oh, that's as a kind of listener thing. And that's great. Cause and so what exactly? I ha- whoa, whoa, whoa. I have a cruise. <laughs> <laughs> Where do you want to go? I know. <laughs> no, no, no. I do it every year do as you? well. Yes. This year, I'm on Crystal. Oh, Crystal's Did great. you do? No, I did uh, Oceana. Oceana. Okay, yeah. I've been on Oceana. This year, we're going from Venice to Barcelona. Um, stops in Croatia, which I'm very excited about, in Sicily. Uh, it's it's really oh, all over. Like Corfu, um, but in the Mediterranean. And, um, you know, it's John's coming with his wife this time, so he'll um, cook. But when I go on my own, I don't cook. Yeah, I will pair things. I'll let them know what wine I want to do, and I'll entertain and tell stories and yeah. tell stories. Yeah, that's. Yeah. And, I was wondering yeah. because me being the only person that's not a celebrity chef at the table, I was wondering <laughs> what exactly is your job when you go on these cruises? What do they expect from you? What do well? What does it's the company di- expect, and what does the guest expect? Like, well, um, what, yeah, uh, they expect different things. They do, and each one is different in that regard. Oceana was fun because it's the cruise line that Jacques Pepin is the uh, the godfather for, and all of that stuff. And so, what sets them apart is in their cooking the colon- classes, they have. Uh, Cooking stations, right? So people actually get to cook. They're not just watching some right. bozo up on the stage do something, right? Uh, so that's really fun. And then they sit down and eat it afterwards, right? You know and what? that is that's nice. Yeah, that's it's a, great. That's a great way. I mean, when John did his demo on, I think the first one was Silver Sea. Um, yeah, it was a demo. But then he also cooked in the galley. Did it? Yeah. Yeah. Often they won't let you do that I know, part because I know. they're so unionized right, that exactly. you can't you can't move the chair. Oh, you can't. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, you can't do it's true. Yeah. But um, oh, the galleys themselves are fascinating they to are. me. I mean, clean stainless steel. For anybody who's going yes. on a cruise, um, almost all yes. cruise ships offer galley tours. Take it. Take it. It's you'll feel better. Yeah. Well, some ways you'll feel better. Some ways you might not. Well, it's just the scale of what they do, you know. Well, and at night, so at night when you sit down for dinner, are the guests sort of, are they getting there super early to to get the seat next to you or do, do they get to rotate around the, the dinner table at night as far as who gets to sit next to Sandra or John? Yeah, or it's just like the love boat. Julie <laughs> writes. <laughs> we have table cards now. You um, are old. <laughs> I am. I, I am she old. She remembers the love boat. <laughs> sure. And Isaac's um, making you the drink. You know, sometimes, but, 
you know, within the first couple days, like we typically do, like we'll do a cocktail reception right away. We'll do a lunch right away. Um, I will do some stuff sometimes before the cruise even leaves. I'll have people at the restaurant or send some stuff out. So people, they're sick of me kind of within two days. And I may, you know, jaunt with someone during the day to do something and then eat with different people at night. Mm -hmm. And it's... um. You know, people, I tell people, I'm like, look, this is your cruise. Mm -hmm. Don't count on me for, you know, Mm -hmm. making sure you have a good time. Because, you know, I crash around 839, (laughs) you know. No, I'm kidding. I'm usually at the 830 dinner seating. But, um, you know, it's, there's so much to do. And, you know, I'm conscientious about giving people what, you know, Mm -hmm. what I think they want. Sometimes it's too much and sometimes. Well, and sometimes they don't want much. Right. No, they they, just, they're happy. They trust that you picked out something nice. Yeah. And, um, I mean, one, one year I did, uh, New York to Quebec and my Mm. friend lived in Boston. And so I knew that day and two of my other girlfriends were on from high school and this other girlfriend was in, lives in Boston from high school. So I knew I was not going to be around the day we were in Boston. And I felt, leading up to the cruise, I felt really guilty about it. But I knew I wanted to do what I wanted to do. I created this huge scavenger hunt that... Um, with prizes and competitions. Oh, and so all idea. the people on the cruise spent their day in Boston doing miles and miles of, you know, take your picture of yourself eating a lobster roll, go stand in front oh, of the cheers bar, you know, find where all the ducks are, the sculptures of the ducks are. And so I really, they had to, they were going to see Boston in a way that they probably wouldn't have seen it. Definitely, I didn't see Boston that way. I saw the inside (laughs) of a couple taverns, but um, (laughs) truth be known. Um, But they had a really good time. And I, I honestly was so blown away when we met back on the ship and look at their tally and I looked at one person's tally and they had so many points and I'm like, oh my God, I cannot believe you did that. That's only page one. Uh, and I'm like, you're kidding me. <laughs> it was incredible. And the winner got this huge, like three foot stuffed lobster that she had to carry for the yeah. rest of the cruise. <laughs> yeah. Thank but, you, Sandra. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But you know, it's, I think it's a fun way to see the world. Mm -hmm. I mean, you unpack once and, you know, certainly in Vietnam, um, you know, it's a hard trip. You see a lot. It's hot. You walk a lot. The distances from the ship ports to usually where you're going are kind of far. And when you get back to the ship, you're like, ah, my marble bathtub. Mm -hmm. You know, you're going to get a great meal. The champagne's in your fridge. And it's just that juxtaposition Mm -hmm. of, you know, of, I, th- I don't know. There's only one downside of cruises yeah. that I find, and that is often, you know, they pull into port uh, early in the morning, you know, 7, 6, 7, yeah. 8 o'clock, and then they leave at 5 or yes. 6 or something. And so you have the day to discover some of these, right. but you can't really do that no. in, a, in a day. And no, to, it's to go too to the, brief. Yeah, yeah. So that, so I always tell people, well, if you're going to do it, do exactly what you do. Enjoy the luxury of the cruise line but then take an extra week or two yeah exactly you You know or like pick a thing you know something that's really interesting Mm -hmm. to you about Mm -hmm. one place um even when we stay overnight in port i i don't usually go out to dinner because the guests have already paid all this money and they don't want to spend 
a lot of yeah. money on a dinner yeah. in a town and um, you know, which is, I always love exploring at night, but that opportunity is not there. The other thing, the checking in and checking out, yeah. and that's a bit tiresome yeah. after the yeah. first cruise, yeah. but you have to kind of do, and the lifeboat drill. <laughs> <laughs> you have to put on the, the, the life vest. Oh, do they and, do that a couple of times? Oh, with yeah. You and the... they, you have to go to your muster station yeah. right. and you get instructed. And I said to them, because I always thought I would retire on the ship. You know, I'd come down to my last, my last couple years of life. I'd like, no, I'm going to go three years, three years worth of cruising. I'm like, okay, if I live on this ship for the next three years, are you going to make me go to this muster thing every single week? Oh, you'll be running it. No, <laughs> I'm like, no. And they were like, no, you know, they ha they don't have to do it every single time. I've been on cruises where I've seen the people that live on the ship, which is really funny. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I just think it would be really cool if people could visit you so, anywhere. So uh, I can't remember what cruise line it was, but and I guess they still do it, but it was a ship that, Kind of, uh, it was Crystal. One World. It was Crystal oh. that did this. And they uh, hire guys. Uh, escorts. Escorts. Yes. You know, oh, yes. But, you know, like my age, you know, 60, 70, 80-year-old guys. Oh, you are, could get are, paid to and do this. And you get paid, to, and you're there in the evenings to dance. Dance with <laughs> all the ladies. All the single yes. ladies that are there. You know, I've, so. never, I've never danced with an escort, I must say. <laughs> now, is well, this because there's <laughs> more... Um, ladies than men, yeah. or do they yeah. actually have women escorts as well that are? There I don't think so. I'm I think not I, sure. I've I think never seen. I've never seen the women escorts. I think yeah. it's because there are lots of single women right. who've outlived their husbands right. who are right. now cruising. So. Well, right. see now, and I've got my new retirement plan. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Oh, it's great. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> seriously, they have doctors. You've yeah. got meal, food whenever you want it. You have drinks whenever you want it. You don't have to go into a city if you don't like it. I, I, I think it's very appealing. As long as I don't have to do the muster thing every yeah. time. <laughs> I have never been on a cruise. I don't know that you will get me on a cruise. I, know. I just feel a little too confined. Well, but there, there, uh, there are all kinds of cruises uh, out there. One that yeah. actually I worked with them for a while, kind of helping them with their menus, is uh, Viking River Cruises. And the river cruises are much smaller. Yeah. They're only about 90 people on a boat. The, those yeah. long boats that go up and down the river. Yeah, my mom did one of those with her boyfriend. And yeah. she said the food is fabulous. Yeah. And, and she had a really good time doing that. And you that. can get off. And even if you want to get off in one town and meet them meet, next, yeah. meet them at the next town or something like oh, that. Oh, yeah. 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 I did AMA. I, I didn't yeah, love it. I didn't, you didn't no. like it? Yeah. Well, it was kind of weird because it was a wine cruise. But oh, they're yeah. not really set up for that. So it was a little awkward. Oh. You know, trying to pour all the wine and oh, give people yeah, information, yeah. and some of the other ships are a little better equipped. But and and I f also find the river cruises are much stricter with the hosts than yeah. the sea cruises, yeah, yeah. which is interesting. Yeah, it's not like you get paid to do this, <laughs> <laughs> but you have things you have to do. Yeah, yeah. Show up. Show up. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Oh, we have just actually gone all around the world. We started in Colorado today. Yeah, yeah. We ended up on cruise ships. Um, What's next? What is next? <laughs> I don't know, John. What I, is next? I have no idea. So uh, where, um, where, like if people, maybe they'll get to see another book or they should just 
buy the books that you already have. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that would be Get cool. <laughs> Remember, they make terrific Christmas gifts. Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, I, I don't even really want to tell you this, but I'm only going to tell you just because I have experienced it myself. But when we did, I don't know if you know, we did this huge cookbook drive. We started. Yes. I yes. Did, I didn't we had a that. few of your books there. There were books of mine, too. So yeah. people are like, okay, Reddit did it. There's no books left. I oh, mean, people were looking for Earth to um, the Table. The Earth to the Table book. I mean, there were people. We had people stationed all over the room. We probably gave away about 10,000 books. Wow. Yeah. Really? It was incredible. Good for you. Good it was you, incredible. Guys. It was something, honestly conceptually very easy to do i know but yeah but a lot but of time bri- but brilliant to Thank do because you. yeah you would, it when, meant a lot yeah. to a lot of people yeah. so yeah but it was it was funny the first time i saw one of my books there i was a little irritated and one of them came with a <laughs> card that i had given someone a card in the book and they didn't even take the card out so i actually i gave them such a bad was time. it an employee no, it was a friend. Wow. But the only reason I wasn't that mad is because they had like three copies in their household because oh, yeah. they were living together. So I'm like, yeah, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> but it's pretty funny. But, you know, the first time did a book, it was like, you know, what can I leave here when I'm gone? You know, what memory? You know, some people, actors and actresses, leave their movies or TV mm-hmm. or writers, you know, off like poetry and things like that. And it's like... How do you, I don't know. I mean, I don't know if it's as important to me now as it was the first time, but you kind of want something. You have a daughter. Yeah. That's your legacy. Well. For now. For now. For now. Yeah. For now. Yeah, I'm not, definitely not doing any cookbooks and not writing any books. Well, you're the employer of the month. Or the quarter, or what is it? I I was employee of the month for uh, December 2018. Okay, yeah. and so what did you get for that? I got... <laughs> a warm handshake. I got a warm handshake. <laughs> I got a little, um, like a crystal like trophy thing that oh, has my name, and it's cool. engraved. Oh, nice. I got a $75 gift card um, to use as I wish. I got a parking space oh, in the corporate that, parking lot. that's cool. With the weather the way it is right now, it's... Um, right next to the door where I go in <laughs> instead of parking literally like three blocks away and having to walk in the rain. That was the biggest score. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but it was just an honor to get that because there's there's so many people that work so much yeah. harder than I do. <laughs> so I, I, You're I, good f- I was a little embarrassed because, I mean, I see people that work much harder. Oh, than Brian, do, you're so. very passionate what you do. It well, comes across. I, I like to have fun at work and, and but be professional right um and so i like working i think we have a good team that's like that where yeah. we we all like to have fun but we take service seriously right um but but when i'm winning over someone who's you know doing dishes I, it just seems it's like a, yeah. a crime yeah yeah yeah. Well, you can always give them your gift card in your parking spot. You know, I I, <laughs> I thought about the gift card, but there's no way I'm giving yeah. up that parking spot. Yeah. Oh, that's no pretty way funny. in hell, Sandra. So, John, I you know I don't know. I usually run into you at a big chef event. Um, I can't remember when the last one was. It's been a while. I yeah, think, yeah, a couple year auctions yeah. ago, yeah. I think. Um, yeah, we've slowed down a little bit on doing some of them. It gets a bit much. You know, they're usually on Saturday in busy season yeah. in the restaurants. Yeah. Kind of hard to always make it happen. But 
Hopefully, I'll well, see you. Well, you're so generous. I have to say, oh, uh, thank a, you. a lot of a lot of people, uh, not because they don't want to be generous, but they can't be right. because they e- don't. Exactly. They don't exactly. have the staff to support right. them and Ab- stuff like Absolutely. that. Absolutely, and I, and I totally get that. Mm-hmm. And I feel fortunate that we can do something. We can, and I don't know. Yeah. You know, that's my need. Yeah, it's very selfish. Mm. Truly, it may not seem that way, but it is. Yeah. But well, that's a win-win then. Yeah, it's everyone. a win-win. Yeah. yeah. Well, this was so fun. It was. Yeah. Wait, it was. Can, I, yeah. can I ask one question? I'm just curious. If you had to pick, and I don't know if this is going to be controversial, if you had to pick some place to go for dinner or for lunch or one of your favorite little spots, maybe it's somewhere where you go get a sandwich or they have a certain type of soup or they make their own pasta, that's somewhere, you're in the Santa Rosa area, so I, I'm in mm-hmm. Runner Park. So I'm just wondering if there's a little place that uh, that you like to go to it doesn't have to be an 11 course tasting menu no I, no I mean it's it's actually i'm i'm off i'm done with 11 course tasting okay, yeah. <laughs> uh, not not i i mean i'm impressed by them but right. been there done that yeah. uh so you, I'll, I'll give you one yeah. and this uh, again to be totally transparent i have nothing to do with this potion <laughs> but if you've never been to the casino in bodega so the casino is the old bar that's been there for 75 oh. years or something and when you go into the casino uh there's a pool table a couple pool, ta- pool tables usually a lot of bikers drinking beer and all that stuff and on weekends mark maliki who's one of the most extraordinary chefs that i know s- serves dinner and it's this is the dinner it's a, it's a you know set a, menu a set menu it is mind-boggling and wow. you're in there with all the guys drinking uh, long necks and he's got a great little wine list and That's all that stuff. That's awesome. It's just, it's, it's a great place also to take, you know, start thinking about the holidays or whenever. Uh, people, they'll think, what are we doing? What <laughs> right. are we going, going into <laughs> right. this oh, place? Oh, maybe I'll <laughs> drag my mom. <laughs> oh, it's, it's a hoot. So, it's a hoot. On, so he cooks just Friday, Saturday night? or He cooks, uh, I think, Friday and Saturday nights and then uh, a young woman, uh, Ed Iona's daughter, who's a who was at the uh, Arts and Ecology Center for a long time, uh, cooks, I think, on Wednesdays and Thursdays. I think it's Fabulous. open Wednesday, Thursday. That's a real pop-up restaurant. Oh, That's it, a but real he's been there for now yeah, five years, thought, six years, seven years. Did he open something else out there? Uh, yes, he did. Yeah. There was on on the way out to the way day, out there. There was a place I don't know. I think it's called Fork. I now. thought that's so, what. It, yeah. It okay. Was, so he doesn't. He's he, not involved in no, that now. No, I think, okay. and I think he's really happy because oh, he doesn't own this place. Great. He doesn't. Yeah. And he's one of those. He's he's a little cantankerous, so he likes yeah. to do everything himself. You know, uh-huh. that kind of stuff. Oh, those are my favorite chefs yeah. and my favorite winemakers. Yeah. The yeah. one that that, that want to do everything themselves because yes. I know yeah. it's going to be good. Yeah. 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 Very cool. So that's yeah. that's the hot tip. Yeah. The, casino. the casino. If you drive okay. by, you'd never stop in. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, it, there have been a lot of restaurants open up in Santa Rosa the last it's, few it, years. It's, it's interesting. Fascinating. Yeah. Fascinating. Yeah. Need to get out there and try a few. Yeah. But you should. I know it's such a long way to is. come from Sonoma. I know. <laughs> the fact that you came here is. I like know. A well, it, can I say? I, this is my first time in the Rhone Room. It's mm-hmm. wonderful. Oh, <laughs> it's thank fantastic. you. Thank you. It's a cute little spot. Yes, it is. It, it is. is. Yeah. It yeah. is. Thank you. Well, Sandra. Well, Brian. I thank you for inviting John Ash to the show. I knew you would enjoy talking Are to you him. Kidding? Yeah, it was delicious. Yeah. 
Um, yeah. I'll post some uh, photos. John, if you don't mind, I'd like to take a picture of you and Sandra together. Of course. And we'll put that on our Instagram account. And uh, if you'd like to learn more about the podcast, you can go to thebikegoeson.com or go to Radio Misfits uh, Podcast Network and search the show through there. John, what can you possibly... Uh, Where can people get a hold of you? Yeah. Oh, they can go to my website, which is... Uh, Chef John Ash. That's an extensive <laughs> website. Yes, and yeah. the other place. Uh, and if you if you want to listen to our oh, little radio, radio show, show, it's ksro.com and everything right. gets uh, archived and all of that stuff. And you can and we get some of the most interesting people and some of the most fun people uh, to to come on the show. That That's great. Now, do you have to help source? guess or do you have yeah, someone yeah. that does so that? My, so mm-hmm. Steve Garner is my uh-huh. co-host and so be- between the two of us we go out and we get a lot of people who come to us because I'm as, sure. you, as you probably know there you know food shows in the Bay Area it's surprising but there right. aren't very many right. of them left True. anymore so yeah yeah yeah. well exciting yeah and uh, Sandra we'll look forward to uh, speaking with you all next week happy 2019 We've talked about some of the food trends, I think, on one of our previous shows. So it'll be interesting to see what actually comes to fruition. Um, And uh, um, please uh, visit our Instagram site as well, uh, Bite Talk, uh, at Bite Talk. And you can see pictures of us doing the podcast and some crazy pictures of Kathleen Hill's toasters. (laughs) 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 All right. And this has been Brian Casey, John Ash, and Sondra Bernstein for The Bite Goes On. Thank you. (laughs) 